episode 24. Um, I'm going to just get straight to it, man. Um, this is like my fifth time trying to record on the new camera. If you're watching this, or maybe you, you could just be listening to the audio, but if you're watching this, I'm sure you could tell that there's a difference in how this looks versus how it used to look. That's because I got myself a new camera. I've been kind of anxious, uh, a little anxious, a little nervous to try to use this thing because it's it, it's been so long. And I know that this was going to like change the the way that I record and everything. And um, I was kind of nervous to try just to be totally transparent with you. Because I was like, man, I don't know how it's going to look. I don't know what I'm doing. This new camera is probably going to introduce some new difficulties to the process or whatever, whatever, you know, it may be. And I was kind of like, eh, putting it off, procrastinating. I'm a master procrastinator. That's my thing. But I'm here. I tried to shoot in my car. I shot an episode outside and had a bunch of technical difficulties. Just trying to learn how to use this new equipment, man, how to use this everything, you know, trying to get everything back in my system. I got, um, I had, I was using an older camera, which looks nothing like this one, but somehow I was like more comfortable, more confident with that. I don't know. Go figure. I, it doesn't make any sense to me either, but we are back. This is episode 24. I haven't done an episode in a few months, um, but it's not for like a trying. That's my whole point of telling this um, little, little story, but I'm happy to be back. I've been needing to get some stuff off my chest in a major way, but I um, I kind of just been bottling it up and and using other avenues um, to express myself. I guess I've been I got into photography, man. I, with this new camera, my whole purpose of buying it was for this show, but it almost introduced a new hobby, a new passion into my life. Um, through photography, because this is not a video camera technically. This is a, a photog. This is like a photo camera. It's almost like a hybrid of both. But um, once I got my hands on, it, I was like, "Wow, this thing takes amazing pictures." Once I, I think I went outside with my kids and let them play, and I was just snapping, just practicing, learning the parameters and all of that stuff, the settings, the menus, and I started taking pictures, and I was like, "Like, wow." You know what I'm saying? And um, here we are, bro. I'm a photographer now. Um, I, I don't want to disrespect the, the art. I don't want to disrespect the craft by just clinging on to that label um, erroneously. But, you know, I don't know. If you play basketball casually, L.A. Fitness, can you call yourself a basketball player? I think so, maybe after a certain point. And I've been shooting with this camera like every day, bro. Um, at one point, it was literally every day. Now it's like I shoot. I've been so busy. I shoot when I go somewhere. I pretty much don't go anywhere without my camera. Bought me a nice camera bag. You know what I'm saying? I don't know um, how this is going to show up. Bought me a nice little camera bag, and I carry this thing with me everywhere I go. For the most part, when I'm dropping my kids off at school in the morning, 
when I'm, uh, you know, whatever, when I'm riding my bike, everything I'm doing, I take this camera with me. Because this, this is my new baby, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I see things, and I've always seen things artistically in my life when I was young. I remember literally being young, thinking to myself, like, I would be a good photographer when I was real young, like elementary school young, because I would see things and I would find the art in them. Like, I would see things and I would be like, that would be a dope, this is just a dope vision. I, I wouldn't even necessarily say that would be a dope picture because I wasn't thinking like a photographer. I was thinking like a guy who could just see the beauty in things. And then eventually I would say, man, I could, I, I would probably be a dope photographer just because I knew that I had vision. You know, it's just like a feeling that I had. Like I could see things and I, I would, I would recognize the beauty in them. Whereas maybe the next person might not see what I saw, you know, not to say that I saw anything better than anyone or blah, blah, blah. But now I'm trying, I'm trying to apply that vision to a craft that, um, I love doing. Um, but anyway, man. So today, last night, um, I was on the game. I was playing Spider-Man 2 with my cousin. And we were talking about, I got a call. I'm on the headset with my cousin, and I get a phone call on my phone from my homeboy Harden. And he works for the big three um, auto industry. And he was calling me talking about the strike money being out of work for this long on the strike, how that's changed his finances and all of the things that that encompasses. Wish I would have brought my water in here. But we were talking about all that stuff because it, so I feel like in terms of the economy, things have just been ramping up and ramping up and ramping up and ramping up my entire adult life for sure. Um, when I got my first apartment, I remember I was finding apartments back then, which was 2010. So it's literally been 13 years. You know, a lot can change in that time. I understand that. But in 13 years, I watched, like, the... I, I could find several apartments back then for, like, I don't know, $450. Some apartments used to be $350 back then. Some apartments was $500. Some of them was $6.7. For me back then, and my... Where I was, you know, where I was, the type of money I was making back then... Seven, eight hundred dollars was a lot for me. Um, and those were pretty nice apartments in the area that I'm talking about, at least the suburbs of Detroit. Pretty nice apartments for that that price range back then, especially you're talking about a thousand dollars back then. You got a really nice place in a really nice area. I watched that vanish, you know, fun. I pretty much I watched that disappear. Off the face of the planet. I, I've not seen 
a place to rent for $400 and I don't know how long. Um, and if you do find it, it's a diamond. It's a gym. And you better, you know, if you're in search of a place, jump on it. Because that's rare now. Now, the average rent, like I haven't seen anything. You know, maybe it's because my circumstances changed. I'm looking for different places because I have different, you know, my life has changed. I have kids that I have to consider now. So I can't get a one-bedroom apartment. I haven't looked at one-bedroom apartments. Maybe you can still find some for six, seven hundred. I don't know. But where I've been looking, all the places that I've seen, how homes, apartments alike, they're all like eight, nine hundred and up. Most places are twelve hundred. That seems to be like the average, eleven hundred. Right? This is an indicator of the economy and how it's changed over time. Um it's Excuse me, I'm trying to gather my thoughts as I go, but in the last 13, maybe 15 years, I watched the world almost double in cost, you know, in terms of cost of living, whether it's your apartment or your food. Um, even random miscellaneous items at the store, whether it be Target or whatever, like, Loaves of bread are $3 now. Some are two, some are less. If you go for the economy brands and stuff, which most people generally don't want. If you're going for nice things, you know, which some of us have to be realistic and live within our means and, and stop going for nice things, you know, if we're being honest with ourselves. But, if you're going for nice things like a like a like a good company loaf of bread is like $3 or more, you know, depending on the store. Eggs and milk, all of that stuff has doubled over time. I remember when I was a kid, not to go too far back because I don't want to talk about the 90s. I just want to talk about my term my term in adulthood, which has only been if I'm 35, it's only been about 17 years since I've been outside, almost two decades, Jesus Christ. That is crazy to say out loud. But um, I've watched the cost of things double, bro. When I was when I was first driving, I remember gas being $2 and something, and that was crazy to people. Like, wow, that's a lot. I remember gas being almost less than a dollar when I first started driving, like a dollar... 25. Right now, the last time I got gas, I believe it was 330, 340. That's insane. You know, now granted, there's ups and downs to the economy forever, always. But um the trend has been that things are just going up and up and up and up and up. Um, my point in saying all of this is when is this going to come to a head? How do we stay afloat as individuals, as families, not as a country? That is a part of 
you know, the individuals make up the country or the economy. But the question is, as individuals, how do we keep combating this? There's a bunch of civil unrest, um, pretty much from my perspective, stemming from the economy mostly because um, people are finding it harder and harder to make ends meet, to make their finances make sense, while at the same time not really getting raises from their jobs. I saw a post from a lady one time that said, like 20, 30 years ago, she started a job at some company. I don't remember the details. She had a daughter. The daughter grew up. And then the daughter applied to the same job and got the same job. And I, I believe they both worked there together. And then she said, when I started, she started back in the 90s or whatever it was, or the 2000s making $15 an hour. She says 20 20, 30, I mean, 25, 30 years later, her daughter starts at the same place, except her daughter starts at maybe $19 an hour. To me, that doesn't make any sense. To her, it didn't make any sense because the post was about that. She said, how is it that in 20, 30 years, whatever the time frame was that she proposed, the cost of living has like 10x, has like quadrupled or like 5x. But they have only increased the pay at this same job by four or five dollars in 30 years. You know, if the math was consistent across the board, then that would mean her daughter would have to be making like $60 an hour or like $75 an hour or like $150 an hour because the cost of living has gone up so much, but the pay has only gone up just a little bit for pretty much all industries. I don't know about the corporate ladder because I'm not in that game. But the question is, how can we continue to do this? How do we sustain this? The answer is you don't sustain this. Because if the cost of living, if there's a graph, a line graph, if wages are increasing at this rate, at this slope, right? And then the cost of living is increasing at this slope. The gap between the cost of living and what you make will be exponentially larger. You know what I'm saying? As time goes forward. So something drastic would have to change. The distribution of wealth, companies' willingness to up their employees' pay over time would have to increase. But it doesn't seem to be doing that. I had my first job in 2008. Um, 2007, I'm sorry. 2007, I started at FedEx. I believe they hired me making $9.50 an hour. And I stayed there for three years and seven months. 
By the time I quit, I was making $12.50. I quit the job to start another job making $13.50. I stayed at that job for nearly eight years. And by the time I quit, I was making $22 an hour, $22.50. I had gone up like $9. That company did me pretty good in terms of scaling me up um, and giving me um, pretty much I'll say uh, promotions. It wasn't really promotions. It was like apprenticeships where I would move up and rank within my position. So I didn't really go, I didn't get a promotion, but I would learn a skill. They would pay me an extra dollar an hour or something like that. Um, that's pretty good. You know, it's pretty good for the time that I was there. I almost went up, and you know, on average, I almost went up like a dollar a year, pretty much, which is pretty good, I guess, especially for a blue collar, you know, a job that doesn't require a degree or any particular set of skills or anything like that. But in terms of the FedEx job, when they were hiring me in 2007, making $9.50, I'm not sure what they're starting at today. It might be like twice that. They might be paying them like, I know people that still work there, but I'm not sure what the um, base pay for like new newcomers are, new hires are. But I would imagine it's only probably like twice what it used to be for me. Maybe they're starting off at 18, 17, 19. But it doesn't really matter, bro. Because in that same amount of time, like I said, my first apartment, I believe, was $450, $500 a month. That same apartment complex right now starts off at like $1,200 a month. That's more than double. So if we're talking about just your domicile, your, your, your living quarters, you're doubling the cost of that. More, I'm sorry, more than doubling the cost of that, right? That's like, what is that? 140% increase in rent or something like that, if I'm doing the math correctly. Then you have all the cost of your food doubling or more. Like I remember back then, so when I was a kid in the 90s, there were quarter bags of chips. So you get four for a dollar, obviously. Then I remember it changing to three for a dollar, which was 33 cents a bag. Then I remember it being 55 cents a bag. I mean, I mean, it's 50 cents a bag, two dollars, you know, two bags for a dollar. Now, what we used to call quarter bags, I don't even think they exist, really. And if they do, they're probably 60, 70, 80 cents a bag. Unless you're buying in bulk, which, you know, most people are not. But if you're just going to the store, all of that stuff has increased in price. Here in Detroit, we have a, a soda company, a pop company by the name of Fago. The 16-ounce bottles, the personal size bottles, used to be 60 cents. It used to be printed on the bottle. That same bottle today is like $1.30 or more. Some little 16-ounce or 24-ounce, you know, bottles 
almost $2, bro, where they used to be less than a dollar. The cost of everything is rising at a much faster rate than wages. This is an age-old conversation, something we've been talking about, something that everybody's had a think piece about, podcast about, interviews about, discussions about. But I'm just throwing my hat in the ring because it's what's on my mind today, and it's pretty fucking exhausting, to say the least, man. I'm a father of two. Most of my work as a parent is done by myself without, well, I won't say without help, but I'll say with little help. Um, and figuring out how to eat, what to eat, where to eat, how to get these bills paid every month, just like you all are, is exhausting. It's not impossible, but it's exhausting. And it seems to get harder and harder as time goes. Um, as a business owner, I've been working in the studio for five years, um, where it's been my primary source of income for five years. This month probably marks, or last month marked the fifth, the fifth year anniversary. And I've literally watched my clients' funds change over time because I have personal relationships with them. Their disposable income has decreased over time. Studios are still banging all over the world, all over the country. Music is still being made. We understand. But the point is that <clears throat> the, um, the access to, to, to like leisure is getting smaller and smaller for the average person, the average bear. The access to leisure, the access to um, disposable income is becoming smaller and smaller, at least from my perspective. Now, for somebody who might be on the other side of that threshold who are experiencing an increase, they would wholeheartedly disagree with everything that I'm saying because their experience dictates, a, you know, it, it's something different. But I'm not talking to you. I know for me, you know, it, it's kind of a, a weird thing because, yes, I am making more money now in the studio than I did five years ago, you know, but it doesn't feel like it, though, which is weird. It's like my success is rising, but it's being suppressed by my circumstances, by my um, participation in this economy. It's like my success is rising, but it's almost being leveled out <laughs> by the, the cost of things. Like I'm making more money, but it doesn't matter because everything keeps costing more and more anyway. You know, my personal success isn't really judged, is engaged by my income. My personal success in this music stuff is gauged by my connections, the value of my name, how many people know me, all that type of stuff. As an engineer, those things are important. It's almost as good as currency. You know what I'm saying? But 
if we're talking strictly my income versus how it feels to make have more income now like I'm running on a treadmill you know <laughs> I'm running on a treadmill not going anywhere I'm I'm on a hamster wheel not going anywhere that's what it feels like now I have a lot of flexibility in my life and in my you know the way that I have my ecosystem set up there's a lot of flexibility I have a lot of support I have a lot of hands in the pot helping me do this thing from cousins to my mom my father my sister for sure my friends people willing to help me in various ways whether it's financially giving me you know giving me looks and all of that type of stuff so I'm not saying I don't, you know, I'm not saying that I'm just drowning or something, but for the person who doesn't have that, who person who's just out here on their own, imagine people who don't have their parents anymore. Imagine people that don't have a support system behind them. Imagine people who are just in a home with two, three kids trying to figure it out without that. What are they doing? When they go to the store and a gallon of milk is four or five dollars. What are they doing when, you know, a car note is $700 a month, bro? And you only making, you know, whatever you making. $3,000 a month, $4,000 a month. You know, on top of rent being astronomical and food being astronomical, car note, insurance being astronomical, what are you left with at the end of the month? I want to look up something. Just so I'm, I just, what's the average income? Um, in 2023. So in Michigan, the average, the annual average wage is 58,000. That's kind of uh, impressive. Um, apparently, there's like decent money floating around Michigan on average. But you know how averages work. There's people that fall below it and people that rise above it. Um, let me see something. Average income. Let's say average income in Detroit. Average income in Detroit is about 49000 um, with a poverty rate of 31%. It's a big profit, big profit, poverty rate right there. $49,000 is cool. You know, that's, that's, I guess that's okay. But it's not, you know, it's not enough to take a vacation and all that stuff. We were also talking about yesterday, we were talking about, um, uh, so the, the way that things used to work with companies, uh, 401ks, pensions, and all of that type of stuff, retirement plans. There was someone I was speaking to. I won't say their name. I'm not trying to put too much of their business out there. There was a death in their family. The The person that died decades ago worked for the big three. And they worked there at a time where um, if they had a spouse, the spouse is pretty much taken care of from their, from then, from there on out. You know, as long as they remain the widow of this person. They'll be taken care of, meaning dental, vision, 
health insurance, and money being paid out, I, I believe, monthly from their pension or whatever it is. As far as I know, I have not seen a single company do anything like that anymore for, I mean, they probably do it on a big, you know, for big, big wigs and corporate employees and stuff like that. People who make, you know, a lot of money or people who are valuable to the company, quote unquote. Um, but in terms of like blue collar jobs, people that work in steel mills, people that work at car companies, people that work at whatever it might be, the carpet factory or people that work at Amazon and stuff like that, you don't get pensions anymore. The average protocol now is a 401ks, which is essentially making employees pay for themselves, pay for their own retirement. <clears throat> now, the benefit to a 401k is, first of all, you're investing that. That's an investment portfolio, essentially, <clears throat> which is like supposed to incentivize you and allow your retirement fund to grow over time by... Um, if you go with a company like, Fan, uh, uh, what's what's the name? Um, is it Freddie Mac? Or, I don't remember the name. There's some ghetto-ass names. Um, Sally Mae, Freddie Mac, or whatever those financial companies are, where you open up 401ks and all of that stuff, and um, they'll invest on your behalf if you want them to. Or you can do it manually through a lot of companies where you could choose what your investment portfolio, I mean, your retirement portfolio, uh, Retirement fund is invested in. But when I was with Sally Mae, um, my 401k, I, I selected for them to invest for me. And you can select different um, aggressions. Like if you want to be, if you want to invest in things that are volatile, if you want to invest in things that are riskier, or if you want a more steady, you want a moderate um, risk, or if you just want slow and steady, which is probably a bunch of ETFs and, you know, slow growing growth stocks or um, whatever, you know, things that are grow over decades and decades that are pretty much like, there's nothing that's a sure thing in the stock market, but things of that nature that are pretty much safe, right? And you could select between those tiers and they would select, uh, they would invest based on your selections. And by the time you retire, hopefully they've done a good enough job investing to where They've 3x, 2x, 4x, 10x your money. So you could retire a millionaire or whatever. Um, so that's one thing about a 401k that's great. But then you would get a company match. Some companies match up to 10, 15%. Most of the time I hear companies matching up like five, 7%. So meaning if I invest. 5% of my check, let's just say your check is 1000 5% of your check is um, $50. And the company would match that 50 every week or every two weeks, however you get paid. And essentially, you're doubling your money. Bypass, it's almost like a tax haven, kind of. It's pre, I think it, you invest it and it doesn't get taxed until um, you retire or something like that. I forget the stipulations. But the match made it worth it 
because it's like I only got to invest $50 for my check, but essentially I'm investing $100 because the company is giving me another 50 to play with. You know, and that's pretty good. That's a pretty good incentive, my guy. But guess what? As things have progressed and gone even further into the shitter, companies stop matching, bro. The reason I do this studio thing now, well, aside from the blaringly obvious reasons that I love music, this is what I'm good at, and this is what I wanted to do with my work, my life, my life. Um, But the reason that I was thrust into this in 2018 was because I had a kid, and at the same time, my company that I worked for, not my company, the company that I worked for was just bending us over and fucking us raw, bro. Not pause. I'm not pausing it because they were fucking us for sure. They were fucking us nice and slow, my nigga. And (laughs) so in my particular company, aside from just the fact that the economy was getting worse and changing and the presidents were changing hands and all of that type of stuff. Um, My company was bought by some billionaire dude. I don't remember his name. I believe the company that bought my company was Harlan and Clark. You can look it up. It's owned by some dude. And Harlan and Clark acts as some sort of umbrella company, I believe, where they basically devour a bunch of other companies. Harlan and Clark came and bought my company, not my company, bought the company that I worked for and took the company from being publicly traded to private. They took it off the stock market. They wanted to not have to be um, told what to do by shareholders and all of that stuff. Total buyout. It was like a hostile takeover. They came in, and at first they let everything ride the way that it had been. Vacations, vacation time, um, you know, policies, the schedule, all of that stuff. They left alone. They kind of came in and just sort of observed for a while. Once they observed enough, they was like, bet. Let's just fuck up everything. They started taking vacation days off of our schedule. Martin Luther King being one of them. Easter being another. The day before New Year's, because we used to get New Year's Day and New Year's Eve off. I believe they took New Year's Eve away and only gave us New Year's Day. That was the, like... Three things they did. They changed how much holiday pay we would get for the days we had off. Like, if Christmas came up, typically we would get 12 hours because we worked 12 hours. They took that away and started only giving us eight hours for some reason. We don't work eight hours. We work 12 hours. But when there would be a holiday, they would only give us eight hours worth of Vacation time. I mean, holiday pay. Weird, but all right. 
They started taking away incentive programs in the company like profit sharing based on the goals we would hit. If we were ha- if we reach a certain amount of production, we would get paid for it. They snatched all that shit out. No such thing. We don't care how good you do. Matter of fact, do better than you've always done, and we're not giving you nothing for it. Like, damn, okay. Um, they started taking away jobs. They started firing people. They, they mass-fired dozens of people twice or three times. Um, they started changing pay scales. They did a lot of shit is my point, right? And I was like, bro, fuck this. I'm out because I'm already not happy in this motherfucker. I'm already living paycheck to paycheck damn near. And y'all come in and basically start taking more money from us. Then we would have meetings where they would give us pizza. You know how I go. Pizza and Coke. And then they'd just be like, you know, shut the fuck up and go back to work. Enjoy your pizza. And it was like every meeting, we would have quarterly meetings that were like building wide. Everybody would go upstairs into the conference room and they would just drill us more in the ass and tell us more shit that they took from us every fucking three months. Like, yeah, we're not doing this no more. We're not doing this no more. So, dog, I literally just disappeared because fuck y'all. I'd rather go outside and figure this shit out on my own than to be in here getting fucked and getting more shit taken away from me every three months. It's not worth it. The stress, being away from my family all the time, I'd rather work for myself where I could decide my own schedule, which is exactly what I did. That's why I can be available for my children to get them to school, from school, go to field trips, and still work, which is what I'm doing now. You know what I'm saying? I was mixing people's songs just a moment ago. I would rather get out here and figure it out on my own. This is no cakewalk either. But, man, you know, rambling aside, bro, something's got to give. I don't know what it is. My man said there's going to be like an insurrection. There's going to be like a, a revolt because, you know, pressure busts pipes, my nigga. You know, you put two pieces of steel together and just run them together for years and decades and decades, something going to break. It's got to. It's got to, because at this point, people are being run ragged, bro. They're being run to the extreme. Niggas is at the end of their ropes. What do you do? A lot of, I mean, you know, granted, as Americans, we've been privileged for a long, long time in a lot of ways. There's places in the world that are suffering much more, much more than we are. But that does not mean that we have to just lie down and accept whatever is given to us. You know, there's classism everywhere. There's going to be classes everywhere you go. In the NBA, there's superstars making $300 million, and then there are some dudes making much, much less than that. You know, much less because they're not superstars. They're not valuable, as valuable. I'm not going to apologize for being born in America 
and this country being as successful as it has been, you know, whatever you, however you gauge success. I don't know if success is the right word, but greedy and conniving as they have been. I can't apologize for that. I did not choose to be here. Um, but my point is, as great as things can be, <clears throat> all we're saying as citizens of this country is that we're recognizing things are kind of trending downward in a lot of ways. Things are trending upward in some other ways. You know, we have luxuries afforded to us that we that our ancestors never would have even dreamed of. I have two cell phones and a fucking super camera in front of me in my house. You know, that's that's amazing. But in terms of the way things are trending economically, something's going to have to give, bro. Because niggas is not just going to accept homelessness or living in their family's garage or some shit just to make it. We don't want that. Niggas don't want that, bro. And for the pull yourself up by your bootstraps mentality, people have been doing that for decades. All people have been doing is pulling themselves up by their bootstraps. They like work hard and you'll be fine. No, that's not true anymore. The America that existed where those sayings come from does not exist anymore. You know, go to school and you'll be fine. School will help. School can help. It's not even a guarantee that it will help. But it can help. But the America that existed, where those sayings come from, no longer exists. Where those ideologies come from, it does not exist. There are people that have worked hard every day, every single day for decades. And they've been fucked by their companies. It's happened over and over again. Their pensions were taken away from them. They were fired inexplicably. They died on the job and had nothing for their families because of it. Or people work to retirement and then die shortly thereafter. I was watching a video on YouTube recently about the mentality that people have that work while you're young and have fun when you're older. And the guy in this video was talking about how that's a terrible, terrible mistake. And he, he started breaking it down into phys, like physiologically how that doesn't make any sense. He was like one in two adults will experience deafness in one ear. He gave another statistic, a statistical, um, you know, a ratio for how many adults would experience blindness or some sort of, you know, 
impairment of their vision when they're older. And you're preaching to young people that they should work themselves to death while they're young and enjoy the fruits of their labor when they're in their 60s, when they're not necessarily on their deathbed, because you could live to 90, 100 years old, maybe. You know, they're saying our generation will be the first to exceed that on average. Like, my generation and the ones that are thereafter, of course, will live much longer than our parents do. That's what they say. How would we know? But you might not be on your deathbed in your 60s. It's pretty young. You know, for a person in their twilight, 60s is not a death sentence. But the, the point is, you're going to be trying to enjoy the fruits of your labor, quote unquote, when you don't have all your faculties, when you can't think as sharp, when your body is tired and not just tired, but damn near immobilized. Your cartilage in your knees, your elbows is, is gone. <laughs> you can't jump up and down in a concert at 60, 75, the way that you can when you're 23. I can't globe trot as comfortably as I can at 25, at 60. That's not, that's not, who wants to be jumping in and out of a fucking plane when they're 70? I don't want to do that shit. I want to lay down at 70. Right now is where I want to fuck all the hoes and get drunk and go to the strip club and do dumb shit. I don't want to work to the bone. And I work pretty hard. Work pretty fucking hard. You know? But niggas don't want to do that shit every day, bro. Because when we 60, I don't want to just lay down and die and be done. I'm going to say this and I'm, I'm out of here. The only thing that makes me feel that it's okay to sacrifice my life in that way is my kids. I chose to have kids. If I'm being totally honest, I shouldn't have. Not because I regret my children. I've said this many times. But because I regret bringing them into this bullshit. And I will tell my children not to do this. Don't sacrifice. Don't give your re yourself a reason for your life to just be fodder. Don't give yourself a reason for your life just to be a sacrifice for your children. It, you know, unless that's what you want. I want my children to grow up and enjoy their lives and get out of here and don't contribute any more children to this machine. Don't feed this machine any further. Just stop. That's my belief. Don't get mad at me for my belief. I could tell my children whatever I want to tell them. If you disagree with that, you tell your children what you believe. It's none of my business. But I will teach my children that you don't have to have kids. You don't have to feed any more people to this system. I want for my kids to just, since, they are, just since they're here, I want to set them up as comfortably as possible. 
They each already have multiple bank accounts. Um, it's not like I got millions in them, but that's more than I had. Um, I, I like I said, I invest on their behalf because by the time that they jump off the porch, I want them to have a much smoother transition than the average person or their neighbors. I want them to enjoy their lives. I want them to be able to do what they want to do. Doesn't mean they're not going to have to work hard, but I want them to work hard and put the energy into something that they want to work hard at. That's all I want. And I want them to be free of obligation to someone else, whether it's a boss or more children. I don't want them to do that. They say you can vote with your dollar. You can vote with a ballot. But I also think you can vote with your penis <laughs> or your vagina, your uterus. Because if you decide to stop feeding people to this monster that we call an economy, that we call a country, stop feeding it people and watch how it changes. Vote with their penis. Stop having kids if that's, you know, if, if you're inclined not to. I'm done, man. This is streams. I'm really him for real. I'm out of here, dog. <laughs>